Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And on today's episode, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is this. Why did Jesus cast out demons? Well, this is a really, really important question that we need to have good answers to, because there's lots of confusion out there about this about this question. So, Jesus exercised authority, but he exercised it all the same by his word. How did he exercise his teaching authority? He, he did so by speaking an authoritative word. How did he exercise his authority over demons? He rebuked them. How did he exercise his authority over disease? He did it the same way, by telling the fever to come out. Now, words may not seem powerful, but when they come from God, they have the power to transform people's lives, to triumph over supernatural evil, and even to overturn the effects of illness. The words of Jesus carry supreme divine authority over creation and over all the powers of hell. Now, some of them noticed how he exercised this power. This this is how the gospel spreads, by word of mouth from person to person. And when we see what Jesus can do, we want others to know about it and to see it and to experience it themselves. In this case, people not only saw his power, but they also saw how he exercised it. He spoke his word. You see, just as God once spoke the universe into being, so Jesus spoke and it was so. Here we see in Luke uh, 4, 36 through 37, a clear demonstration of the divine power of God. He spoke his word with the very authority of God. In fact, even if some people did not recognize the source of this authority, the demons did. They knew exactly what they were up against, which is why they cried out against it. This happened at the synagogue where the where the demon cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What would you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God, Luke 4, 33-34 tells us. Now, Jesus provoked a similar response at the end of the day when he was healing the sick in Luke 4, 41 says, and demons also came out of many crying, you are the son of God. Now these demons knew who Jesus was. It terrified him. First John 3, 8 uh, says this, the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And as Jesus began to do this devil destroying work, the demons recoiled in terror. They were filled with an unholy dread, shuddering at the power of his almighty word. You know, there's no good news for the demons. Jesus has no gospel to save them. He's only going to condemn them to hell. And so the demons asked if Jesus had come to destroy them. They, they knew exactly that he was the Holy One of God, and they hated him for it. This explains why Jesus told them to be quiet. In fact, this happened at the synagogue, where he said to the demon in Luke 4.35, be silent and come out of him. And it happened again at Peter's house where Jesus rebuked the demons. 
and the demon would not allow uh, would not allow them to speak because they knew he was a Christ. Luke four forty one tells us. Now, now Jesus did not want the demons to be uh, the ones saying his deity. Jesus hardly needed the servants of hell to declare his true identity. When when they said he was a son of God, they were not saying it for his own glory. They were saying it for a wicked purpose. And what matters is not merely knowing that Jesus is the son of God, but also worshiping him as the son of God. And yet these demons were not worshiping Jesus at all. They were not treating him with reverence and respect. They're, they were causing a commotion. This is the violent conflict that the word of Christ always brings. Now, some people, they believe it by faith, and they even begin to share it so that others can be saved. But the demons, they hate it. They hate it. There's nothing they hate more than God's word, whether it comes from Christ himself or even one of his servants. They know it's holy power, and they know it for this very reason. And so they cry out in fear against it. In fact, this explains why nothing in the world arouses so much spiritual opposition as does the proclamation of biblical truth. Anyone who shares the gospel of Jesus faithfully can expect to face opposition and even hatred in any church that takes a stand uh, for the word of God and preaches it faithfully can expect to face persecution. Uh, The devil hates the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will stop at nothing in his ferocious and ultimately futile attempts to destroy them. And as we preach the word of God, proclaiming the forgiveness of sins through the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit makes it uh, to to the power of salvation to those who believe. There is nothing the devil or any of his demons can say to stop the power of God in the gospel. In fact, there is nothing Satan could could do to stop Jesus uh, that extraordinary day in Capernaum on which the Savior exercised his authority by communicating God's word, casting out demons, and curing diseases. In fact, he worked well into the night, for when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place, Luke 4.42. In a parallel account, Mark tells us that Jesus went to the wilderness to pray in Mark 1.35. This is something that Jesus did. We, we see this throughout Luke's gospel. He, ha- he had a compelling desire to spend time alone with his father, an example that we're wise to follow. In fact, if finding opportunities to pray was essential to Jesus, it it must be even more vital to us. In in this case, he was not alone because the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them, Luke 4.42 tells us. And the response Jesus received in Capernaum was very different from the one he received at Nazareth. There they wanted him to go, and here they wanted him to stay, and it was easy to see why. With his power at their disposal, there would never need to be anything ever again that they would need. He, he would be their teacher, their counselor, and their doctor rolled into one. But, but Jesus refused in Luke 4, 43 through 44, saying, He said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. You see, part of his concern was that he had others to reach. Jesus did not come to be the savior of Capernaum only, or even just for Israel, but ultimately for the world. And people were trying to keep him under control uh, so that uh, they would do what he wanted. But Jesus always refused to be confined to one narrow agenda. In fact, in this case, his mission compelled him to move on from Capernaum. And what was his mission? 
Well, Jesus' mission was to preach the word, which he called the good news of the kingdom of God in Luke 4.43. The kingdom of God now is simply the rule of God, the extension of his divine authority and his divine power. And that authority was now present in the person and work of Jesus Christ, whose, whose calling was to expand God's dominion by spreading God's word. And the people, they wanted him to perform more signs and more wonders. But, but Jesus did not come to be a miracle worker. He came to preach the gospel. His ministry, Jesus' ministry, was a ministry of the word. And in fact, this is even true of the miracles that Jesus performed. How did Jesus cast out demons and even heal the sick? He did it by the word of God. And for what purpose? So people would know that the word of God was true. Now, people were always trying to get Jesus to be someone other than, than who he was and to do something other than he was called to do. But Jesus said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom for I was sent for this purpose. And you see, all authority has been given to Jesus. And he exercised this authority by speaking his word. Do we believe in the power of the word of God? And does it have the same priority for us that it had for Jesus? You see, if it does, then we'll read it, we'll hear it, we'll study it, we'll memorize, we'll do everything in our power to share the word with others. The word will be central in our lives. It will exercise a, a controlling influence over what we think, what we say, what we do. And it will be the main thing that we want to share with others. We'll not be content to befriend people and to serve them. Uh, we'll be content to, to befriend them, to serve them with the love of Christ. But we'll also have a pressing and even a compelling desire for people to hear the word of God. We'll encourage them to read it. We'll invite them to study it. We'll bring them to hear it preach. And as we have the opportunity, we'll help to carry it around the world so that it can do its authoritative and powerful work of extending the, the kingdom of Christ for the glory of God. Well, I want to thank you for listening or even watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.